I have a, a friend that I made last year when I was on sabbatical who lives in Manchester, and he's called Matthew. And uh, Matthew has what my son would consider a dream job. Because uh, Matthew uh, is a producer of video games. And he works for an international company that's uh, based in Los Angeles um, and travels around the world, but mainly in his hometown of Manchester. He gets to write bits of video games and also to play them and get paid well for that purpose. But his occupation is not important to my story this day. Two days ago, Friday night, at Manchester, Victoria, Matthew got punched in the face. He did not look to end up in a brawl. He is not a boozed up youth. He was by himself, but he was not minding his own business. He could have walked past on the other side like some of the characters in the story of the Good Samaritan. But he saw a man hitting a woman, which turned out to be the bloke's girlfriend. And Matthew decided to intervene, to bring it to a stop. I guess he could have easily come out of that situation with far worse than the black eye that he did come out of it with. But the point is, he chose not to do the easy thing. He chose to intervene. He chose to make a difference. And something good came of it. On Remembrance Sunday, we bring to mind that over and over again, for the past hundred years and more, men and women have chosen not to do the easy thing. Instead, they have stood up to oppression. They've served their nation. They have risked and in many cases lost their lives, leaving grieving partners and parents and children. Those who come home alive are often changed forever, either through physical injury or with hidden mental scarring. Remembering what has happened is not always easy. For some, it may be a very painful exercise, things that they would rather forget. But we must remember what has been given for our freedoms. And as we do seek a future path, one that hopefully is peaceful, we recall rather than repute, uh, retribution, sometimes turning the other cheek 
is also a far from easy path and a path that Jesus challenges us to follow. In our passage, there's not violence, but the mates of a paralysed man chose not to do the easy thing. On finding that half of Capernaum had beaten them to the house of Jesus, they could easily have turned and taken their friend away again. But they choose not to. They could have shrugged their shoulders and gone away to come another day. They could have simply stopped at the side of the road, knowing that at some point in the future, Jesus would come out of the house. But they did not do that either. Instead, they go onto the roof, they make a hole, and they lower down their friend into the presence of the Lord. The roof was perhaps mud. It maybe had wooden supports as well. But it was thick enough to hold at least five men. That must have taken some digging through to actually accomplish their task. And had they come equipped with rope or something? Probably not. But somehow they do it. It's considerable work to let the paralytic man reach Jesus. And such effort demonstrates their faith. Jesus sees what has happened. He understands that they do have faith and he pronounces forgiveness. I wonder whether that was what the men expected to happen. They've gone to great effort. Was it forgiveness that they wanted for their friend? And if so, forgiveness for what? What was it that this man had committed? Was it a particularly grievous sin? Maybe they weren't seeking forgiveness. Maybe just a simple healing, such as they'd heard of happening elsewhere. Maybe they hadn't thought of forgiveness or healing. They merely wanted to bring the man into the presence of the Lord and then see what would happen. We come to Jesus. And it's sometimes easy to pray for what we want, but harder to have trust that the Lord will do the right thing. Do we seek what is healing, what we perceive to be healing? Or do we seek the wholeness that the Lord can bring? The one is perhaps easier for us to see and quantify than the other. The paralytic and his attendees appear to submit no request. He's laid in the presence of the Lord, and it's the Lord that restores. 
And sometimes we simply have to lay ourselves in the presence of the Lord and see what he will do. The Pharisees were thinking that the words of forgiveness by Jesus were rather glib and also blasphemous. The scriptures tell us that it is God who brings forgiveness. This is seen in Psalm 103 and Isaiah 43. However, Jesus, God's son, does have authority to bring forgiveness. And what's more is that he later calls on his people. He calls on you and me to bring forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness of others. For if you forgive other people, it says in Matthew 6 verse 14, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's about being God's people. It's not about forgetting past wrongs, but it's about loving the person who has wronged us. Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? To simply say either is rather simple. To mean and to expect those things to happen is a lot harder. Forgiveness is not always easy. Some people have been gravely hurt. Some sins are deep. And there are times that we might not be able to forgive, even though we are called to. I'm sure many of you will recall the story of the West Country vicar, Julie Nicholson, whose daughter was killed in the 7-7 bombings. Following that event, she found it too hard to preside at Holy Communion. She had to stand down from her parish. She was unable to say the words of peace and reconciliation. Forgiveness is not always easy. It is not always easy to say those words. But others sometimes are able to. This remembrance tide is the 30th anniversary of the Inniskillen bombing. And Gordon Wilson, whose daughter died buried in the rubble of the explosion, afterwards sought peace. He said, I have lost my daughter and we will miss her. But I bear no ill will. I bear no grudge. The truth of the promise of forgiveness could not be seen by the people of Capernaum. 
that they would witness the man rising, gathering his mat and leaving the house. The whole crowd was amazed by the authority of Jesus' word. Yet here, here we see Jesus being challenged for bringing hope, for bringing peace, for bringing life. To use the words that he does in front of the Pharisees is to provoke conflict. To go against their thinking is far from an easy path. It is a path that in time will lead to the cross and to the bloodshed by which we know the forgiveness of our sins. The Pharisees should be the people of God. They should be the ones who know the scriptures. They should be the ones who interpret the words of the prophet. They should know that everything has been leading to the Messiah. But their hearts are made of stone and they do not see who Jesus is. There may be times it is easier to have stone hearts than to be truly God's people. We might want to dig in and stand our ground to reject what is of God but does not meet our preconceived ideas of what that relationship involves. We may not want to forgive. We may not want to have love for our enemy. But we worship the Lord who does not do the easy thing. He has love for the whole earth, for all people, People like us and people who are not like us. People who seek peace and those who engage in conflict. So may we be guided by the Lord. May we seek to do his will. To speak of forgiveness. To be channels of peace and to seek the coming of his kingdom. Amen.